Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited to be part of this episode of A100 Storycast, a new podcast series which gives members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to expound on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're focusing on two members of the A100, McCann Health New York and FCB Cure, both part of the newly formed IPG Health. We'll be getting their take on the evolution of creativity in healthcare, predictions for what's next, where they find everyday inspiration, and more. I'm delighted to be joined by two A-list creative execs from those two organizations, Stephanie Berman, Chief Creative Officer at McCann Health New York, and Deborah Polks, Creative Managing Director at FCB Cure. Stephanie and Deborah, how are you? And welcome to MMM Storycast. I'm great. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to be here. Agree with that. It's, it's wonderful to uh, have this conversation and looking forward to diving in. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. And I as well. First off, just the fact that you're both appearing here together speaks to the new interconnectedness enabled by this new IPG health structure. That, that's pretty cool. It really is cool. It's been a wonderful experience. We've been a, a network together for almost a year now, and we're really seeing the benefits, I think, in terms of the ability to connect with other creative leaders, um, but also in how we're getting the work done and the shared services, the shared offerings. Um, it, it really is a powerful thing. And so it's, it's a great network to be part of. I couldn't agree more. And from a creative leadership perspective, having some of the best and top talent to reach out to at a moment's notice has been really wonderful. Excellent. Okay, great. So let's just dive right in to the questions here. Deborah, let's start with you on this one. What excites you the most about creativity and its evolution in healthcare marketing these days? Well, we've certainly evolved a lot over the past, I don't know, 10 years, even even more than that in the past few years with the amount of great creative and innovation that's in the healthcare space. Everybody's involved in healthcare now, and we have seen our clients starting to open their minds and open the aperture to expecting better work, expecting more different work. So that, of course, is always very exciting for us as creative leaders looking for those opportunities to push the envelope even more. And so as people's eyes are open to more and better and more interesting work, that just gets the momentum going. So it's been exciting and it continues to be. I think clients have seen to different degrees that their competitive set has changed. All kinds of companies are engaged in health now. You, you see all kinds of client organizations, all kinds of agencies showing up with phenomenal work in this space that's, that's related to people's health. And so clients are competing not with their you know, direct therapeutic area only, these days, they are competing with everything that demands their clients' or customers' attention. And so the kind of quality, the kind of idea, the kind of engagement that's necessary has, has really shifted. And I think clients are starting to see that. And so that, you know, that's an exciting moment for us. Sure. And that's got to make it a little easier for some of your more reticent clients, like in the pharma space, that don't always like to be the first ones to push the envelope, right? Very true. They are, by and large, not the early adopters. But, you know, I mean, we still have this, you know, same conservative, 
you know, client base to manage. But I think if you can look for the opportunities and you look for the right moment, we are really are able to push the envelope more. Sure, sure. And I think what's getting a lot of people excited these days is seeing what kind of high level experiences, you know, a really digitally oriented creative team can do. So like talk about next, what, what role data and technology play in your creative uh, thinking? So I can speak particularly to technology. It's so on my mind at the moment. <laughs> and the way that we operate is really having XD creative technology as an embedded part of the creative process. They are a third leg to the creative store, right? With the traditional art and copy roles. And it is amazing and necessary to have those folks at the table from the get-go. And so I love tapping into our creative engineering team and having people who can really contribute to the discussion of what ideas can be today and help us imagine what's possible, help us imagine the best solution to um, a client problem um, and guide us um, in terms of what's feasible um, and making sure, of course, that it's never tech for tech's sake. Um, and so that that collaboration is kind of baked in to the way that we operate. When you say XD, you mean product development, Stephanie? Experience design. And product development as part yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So uh, what new innovations specifically are you, would you say you're most excited uh, to apply to the work? We talk a lot about um, artificial intelligence and conversational AI uh, go, getting going into a world with zero UX, which is, you know, has been on the horizon for a while now, but I think we're really leaning into that even more. Um, and we even have a practice that is all dedicated to conversational AI um, at IPG Health. So that's really exciting to have that experience expertise at our fingertips. So um you know, we're, we're living in a, a, a virtual world right now as we're talking from our living rooms. Um, I think that that has actually propelled some really interesting innovations and it's made our lives easier and more seamless as we interact with technology. Sure. And when you talk about conversational AI, there's many applications in healthcare, right? You could have virtual assistants sitting on a brand.com you could use it for um, adherence and patient support. You could use it for, for reps, for training reps, that kind of thing. Can you talk about maybe your favorite piece of work that you created within the past year that kind of maybe brings some of those examples to the fore? Yeah, I mean, we're um, working on virtual customer experiences, customer service, virtual reps, like the ability to use virtual conversational AI across the spectrum from patients to professionals is happening now. A lot of the work is in progress right now, but the, that is some of the areas that we're working on. You know, sure. I'll take a hard left from that <laughs> in terms of favorite work, because I, I do think we've seen the situation in which we find ourselves has, you know, propelled a lot of fresh thinking, a lot of innovation around how we can enable meaningful interactions and conversations. Um, one of the favorite things that we did recently, though, was real life 
in real life. And it was so lovely to be in a live convention setting again. And so while we are excited about the possibilities that technology, that data, that these new capabilities offer us creatively, um, to be in a, a real live setting with um, a project for a, a client booth um, that had a really high degree of difficulty, of technical difficulty, and to see that hands-on craft in motion again, and to see the live responses of uh, you know attendees at the convention of the, of the clients when this elaborate, ambitious project came off was was honestly wonderful. And so, as always, you know, it's that combination of what we can do with technology and then what we can do with real live interaction. The latter part of that, we've been so limited the last couple of years. And so it was really lovely to see that happening again. In terms of data and how data fits into our world, we data really is the coin of our realm in healthcare. And I've always felt that that is something, you know, there's so much human drama that gets, that tries to get drummed up in the consumer world and connecting to health, as Stephanie was saying, you know, everybody's in the game of health now, but we really are at the center of that. And we do have so much data that we can tell stories with data visualization, ideas that are based on data and what we have out there. So I think that data continues to play a huge role in what we do from the creative perspective. And, you know, we have some great resources at our fingertips too at IPG Health with Solved and many of the other specialty agencies that we have to tap into. Also, IPG bought Axiom a couple of years ago, right? So you have access to that for your data-driven creative Um, So taking your lead from data to a certain extent, where do you turn to for creative inspiration? Well, when I do get outside, which is every now and then I leave my apartment, um, I try to get inspiration from the world around me and not to have just a steady diet of advertising and promotion. So, you know, I encourage people to get out there and, you know, expose themselves to culture and what's going on in the world. And we get a lot of inspiration amongst each other, too, because I think part of living in this virtual world where we're not connected and we don't have those creative walls that people are throwing stuff up on the wall we have to make an effort to inspire each other. And I know uh, Stephanie has something to say about that too. We're both very invested in making sure that we are feeding people with um, inspiration as well. It's very easy for the, uh, for the day job to run away with us. (laughs) And so we take a moment regularly Uh, to come together for internal inspiration sessions. And the way that we approach that, every creative gets their turn. So it's, in a sense, I suppose, crowdsourcing exactly what Deborah just talked about. You know, if every individual is out in the world engaging with what they're interested in from an art perspective, from a culture perspective, even looking at, you know, communications in the world beyond health, if you can crowdsource that and have that team share on a regular basis, then you are getting a really potent microdose of creative inspiration on a regular basis. And as I say, it's it's easy to just get consumed with the tasks in front of you. I think particularly 
in the environment in which we now work. And so to take that moment as a team and feed ourselves, is it's really important. I think it's important also to feed the agency as a whole, not just the creative department. And sometimes we lose sight of that. So one of the things that we've been doing is sending out inspirational emails that go out agency-wide every Monday and Friday to expose people to what's going on both within the industry and outside of the industry and try to make those connections to our business and our clients. Sure. And um, as Stephanie put it, you know, those, those micro doses of inspiration are important, even for someone who's in the business of, of being a creative. From a team perspective and from an organizational perspective, Deborah, you're also saying that it's, it's important to do it company-wide. Are there other ways that you kind of spread it out a little bit, so to speak, and kind of inspire people on a, on a group basis, not just on an individual basis, you know, teams, departments, company, et cetera? Yeah, we, we, um, we do something at a network-wide level. Every month we have in an external speaker um, for a curiosity session, and these are folks from all different walks of creative life, and so not usually directly related to um advertising or healthcare communications. So we've had screenwriters, architects, novelists, journalists, documentary filmmakers, and so on. Um, you know, recently we've had Noma Barr, Declan Lowney, the uh, director of Ted Lasso. And so really inspiring people who are at the top of their creative game. And we get a peek behind the curtain of their creative process, take a look at their journey. How did they get where they are and get inspired by some really freaking amazing work. And the feedback is really positive. I think where we succeed the best is where we help people join the dots to the relevancy of what these terrific creative leaders do to how that can inform and inspire what we do in the day-to-day. But that happens at a network-wide level. And then I think individually, we, we all make sure that people have a forum and a process to come forward with proactive thinking. It's important that people have a place to think freely and to play. And so giving people a a platform to encourage that kind of proactivity for clients and beyond. Yes. I was just going to say that's another thing that we do is holding sessions coming back from South by Southwest and, you know, can coming up and, you know, having recaps and insights and feedback around what we saw. And a lot of those do invite clients as well, because expanding out from the creative department to the agency as a whole, it's important to get your clients engaged as well. Sure. And speaking of, of CAN uh, and sources of creative inspiration uh, and getting back to in-person again, CAN Line is coming up uh, right around the corner next month, the 20th to the 24th, I believe, in the south of France. What are you both most looking forward to about the festival and uh, what, what trends do you expect to see there? So I can jump in. I, I, I'm looking forward to, again, <laughs> it's a theme, right, to, to being back in person with colleagues, really diving in in a different kind of way than I think you're able to do when you are attending something remotely. And so you, you're there and you are absolutely immersed in the best work in the world, the best Partners for creativity in the world are there. And so it it really is a deep dive into, uh, you know, how we can collectively go back and inspire our teams in terms of 
you know, what trends we might expect to see. We were talking about this yesterday and the theme of diversity, it's more than a theme, right? It's a necessity. And, and we've seen it over the last number of years show up in its, you know, in, in different ways. Diversity comes in many flavors. And so we've seen campaigns over the last few years, the Microsoft Adaptive Controller, for example. I know FCB has done work at the Trial for Clinical Equality last year. And so I think more of the same. And, you know, it's, as I say, it's beyond a trend. It's, in, it's work that is important to see out in the world for all the reasons that we know about. And having just judged the one show, I think there's a lot of really great long form storytelling that's happening. Some of the more interesting stuff that we saw was in the film category. So I expect to see a lot of great film as well. But I do agree um, with Stephanie that the idea of democratizing the life experience for everyone through creativity has been a theme throughout the festival every year for, you know, the past five years, that's been, you know, front and center. Some of the biggest winners I can have been companies that are doing that. So I do like Stephanie expect to see that trend continue. Sure. And as, as you said, Stephanie, not just a trend, but, but a necessity. And I know both of your agencies are really big about adaptability, you know, making sure that the innovations that you are coming up with are accessible to everybody, no, no matter their ability or their, you know, if they're dealing with a disability, that's really big. Let's shift gears for a moment. Thank you very much for that, by the way. That was really interesting. Let's shift gears for a second. I know as, as you both were speaking, I was, I was thinking, I, mean, I know you both have probably worked on like really seminal pieces of creative that, you know, you could, you maybe finally refer back to, you know, in, from your career's uh, past, but like, what's the best piece of advice that you've received in your creative career to kind of, that, that helped you get to where, where you are today? I can think of a couple. What One, as a, c- coming, you know, through my career as a creative, and then more recently, there was something that inspired me as a creative leader. But as, as a creative, it's so important to pick your mentor. And I, I kind of learned that a little later than I wish I had. <laughs> But who are you learning from in the day to day? And importantly, I think who are the leaders in your organization or in your network that are holding a bar high, that are helping you achieve it and helping you find potential in yourself that you aren't necessarily seeing yet yourself. And it's so, so fundamentally important in any career, right? But in a creative one, certainly. And then as a creative leader, a former CCO used to talk about, there was a saying, be kind to the people, be tough on the work. And that kind of approach where you are supportive of an individual's endeavors, supportive of um, what they need to be successful, supportive in terms of the way that you provide direction and give feedback, but together you tough on the work. It's not personal. Let's get the work too exceptional together. And so I've kind of carried that with me as a mantra. Boy, I've learned a lot of lessons over over the years um, and gotten a lot of advice. I think that one of the things that has always held true is that nothing really good happens unless you really believe in it and can hold on to it tight. And so I think, you know, having perseverance, not getting 
too high or too low, but trying to just keep your eye on the prize and keeping people along for the ride with you is really important. All the great work that you see out there has sweat, tears, and compromise (laughs) baked into it. And people who think that it's easy or, oh, they have it easy. Nobody has it easy. Every piece of great work has been hard fought, especially if there are clients involved. And so I don't take that for granted. I know how hard it is. And I try to keep people encouraged that um, this is this is what it takes. Yeah, but I love that, how it's got all that baked in. You know, it's finding that balance of the passion and the pragmatism uh, to to get something over the line. It's hard. Sweat, tears, and compromises, as you said, Deborah. And passion. uh, (laughs) And passion, yeah. (laughs) Good to keep in mind as we view uh, work that we're impressed by. Uh, and you, you too have certainly done a lot of that kind of work. You've talked a little bit about it in your CANS response, but what are your predictions for the future of creativity and advertising and marketing? And we'll finish up with, with this one. I think the future is looking pretty rosy or rosé if we're talking about CAN. Um, <laughs> See what you did there. I, yeah. Uh, you know, it, I think it's a really interesting moment for health. There are a number of trends that I think are intersecting that make this a pivotal point. The elevation of the work that uh, we talked about earlier, that improvement in idea, elevation of ambition, certainly an improvement in the craft over the last several years, the last decade, has got great talent coming straight out of school and seeing this as a viable avenue for pursuing a creative career. That wasn't the case before. You know, you had people who were maybe interested in the science or in health, but the magic is in that mix that, you know, people who have different kinds of backgrounds can see this as as a viable place to do amazing things. So I think that's one trend. And I think the situation that we've all been living in for the last couple of years has health at the front of everybody's mind. And so health, as we talked about, is everybody's business. And then thirdly, people want work with purpose. It's it's been such a a moment of reconsideration for people. And I think, you, you know, those generations coming out of college are wanting different things from their working life than perhaps was true Um, a decade or two ago. And what you do for a living isn't just the function, it's, you know, in in service of what. And so health is work with purpose. And so I think all of those things coming together uh, make it an attractive uh, space for people to pursue their creative careers. And and that's exciting. I think participation from everyone including our audiences, is going to continue to increase. I think Web 3.0 and this idea of ownership of content, finding things to own, all coming together on a platform. I think it's early days. We're not sure exactly what it all, where it will all net out. I think there are going to be some early adopters who are going to dip their toe in the water there. But I think just as a macro trend, this idea of participation and influencers and user-generated content, just, you know, that's, it's going to continue. It's not, you know, creativity is um, in the hands of so many people that are, not in our agency as well. 
Sure. Great points. I mean, um, health is definitely well positioned, so to speak, as, as Stephanie, as you put it, work with purpose, you know, which is, seems to be this thing that people are interested in and what's driving the great resignation and the great reshuffle. And then Deborah, to your point, Web 3.0, you know, loosely referring to the next iteration of the web and the metaverse and, and the fact that brands will likely have a presence there and there'll be plenty of interest and work, you know, for creative agencies, digitally minded ones like yourselves continues to evolve. We've just seen the first baby steps there. To that end, I hope we can do this again. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks to you both. Thanks for having us. 